0: Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God.
1: So if you have a Bible, you're welcome to take it out, take your phone out, um, because we don't have screens this morning. We'll be in Revelation chapter 12 in a minute. Um, And my message this morning um, is about our story. We all have a story. Some of us like our story. Some of us don't like our story. Most of us don't like our story, but most other people actually like our story. We're the ones that don't like it, but most other people do like it. And story is powerful. You might not know this, but one of our values as a church is that we are storytellers um, because we, we, we know the value and the power of story. And so my message title this morning is that we are storytellers. We are storytellers. And we're going to look at Revelation 12, starting in verse 10, just three verses this morning. It says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. Alright, there's a lot in there. Some of it's maybe a little bit confusing, um, but it's a pretty straightforward message this morning. But let's, let's start with that, a background in it this morning. Right. So Satan, our enemy, has been thrown down from heaven. He's been removed from heaven. He's been utterly defeated by Jesus on the cross. He is removed from heaven. That's good news for us this morning. The bad news is, it's not that bad of news, just to be aware, is that he's an upset enemy. right? He's not happy about that fact. And he wants to take everybody down that he can with him. You know, we talked some about this too the other week, uh, a few series ago at our Lion vs. Lion series. But this is what happened. This is the reality that we're walking into. If you've ever seen the movie or read the books, *The Chronicles of Narnia*, I actually read the whole series of books when I was a kid, and then in high school um, I went to go see the movie, and I got into like the premiere, like before it was released, and it was actually like it was the before it was released, and I was supposed to take. This is Minnesota. We take I think you do out here too. We take the ACT, like the college entrance exam. So I was supposed to take that at like nine o'clock, eight o'clock the next morning but I went to the midnight premiere of the movie the night before, and I I thought, like, it's fine. It'll work itself out. And it it did. It worked itself out. It was fine. But it was funny because I read the whole books when I was little, and I was in high school, and I saw that movie, and I got to the end of the movie, and I was like, it clicked with me. I never realized that Jesus was supposed to be the lion or that the lion was supposed to be Jesus. And it finally clicked with me because right, the lion goes and takes the place of the kid. I don't remember his name. I can only remember Peter's name. Because I, I played Peter actually after that. You no, know, I think before this, I actually played in the Chronicles of Narnia, the play. I played Peter in the play. And I still didn't connect with me until I saw the movie. And all of a sudden, I like started getting emotional because I was like, I get it. This is our story. That, he, that, that the lion takes the place of the kid who messed up. Just like us. Like, we've all sinned. We've all messed up. And the lion, Jesus, says, it's okay. I know I didn't mess up but I'll take your place for you. And the, the, the forces of darkness, the enemy is thinking, great, we've won. And like, right, they kill the lion. They, they crucify it. Jesus gets crucified and the enemy thinks, ha ha, I did it. I won. But then, right, Jesus raises back to life three days later. The lion comes back to life and He is victorious in that we're victorious. And what they thought was a victory was actually a defeat. But then what happens in the movie and what happens in reality for us, too, is the enemy is not happy about that. And so they think, you know what, like, let's go to war. I'm going to cause as much destruction, as much division, as much damage as I can. If I'm going down, right, who else can I take with me? And that's the reality that we're in in our life as well. Because he says in verse 17, Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. Right? The enemy went to go make war because he was upset. And so this is what we live in today. My first point this morning is we're storytellers when we worship and sing together. Because that's what he starts. It says, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying. That loud voice in heaven was likely an angel that started singing these words about who God is and what he's done and about what God's people have done. And when we begin to sing when we, what we just did, what we do every Sunday morning, when we maybe do in our car on the way to work, or when you start to sing, especially with God's people gathered together, what we're actually doing is proclaiming the testimony of God. We're telling the story of what he's done. And I'm going to get to, in a minute, the importance of telling our story and telling God's story and the power of that. But when we sing, when we worship, we're telling God's story. We're telling, just as he did in, in here in Revelation, that salvation has come, the kingdom of God has come, and we are proclaiming that. And here, right, the enemy is doing the opposite, proclaiming that you aren't good enough. Those accusations that when you mess up or when you sin, that you didn't do good enough or at work or with your kids or in any sorts of so many situations when you did something embarrassing right you're like i don't ever want to see these people again like right we we did that thing and like you know we happened to me like uh i uh you know these embarrassing situations where like i i crashed my car in the parking lot right and in front of all my coworkers like i don't ever want to see them again i'm so embarrassed Right? And we feel that way even with like with sin in our life. Like ah, like God's never going to love me again. He doesn't want to see me again. Those people at church, they don't want to see me again if they only knew. Right? That's what the enemy does is he accuses, he throws down. And it, this is important background for what we're going to get to here. But God loves us. It's not that he doesn't love us. This he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. That's not the truth. I read this last night. It's uh A guy named Beale says Christians can be assured that the serpent, that's the enemy, begins to battle against their bodies only after he has lost the battle for their souls. Only after that. This expresses one of the major themes of Revelation. That the suffering of Christians is a sign, not of Satan's victory, but the saints' victory over Satan because of their belief in the triumph of the cross with which their suffering identifies him. So our suffering, our trial, our battle, the accusations that we get is not actually a sign of the, the strength of the enemy and the victory of him. It's actually a sign of the victory of Jesus over the cross when that comes. So when we sing, when we proclaim the truth, that's part of our story, that's part of God's story. And every time we gather, when we sing, when we tell stories, we sing. We're storytellers. We tell the story of Jesus. We tell the story of God, and that's powerful. He's going to tell us why that's so powerful in verse 11. Verse 11 said, And they... they That's us, Christians, have conquered him, that's the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. That means us in this, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus who who defeated the enemy on the cross, we are victorious. He needed to pay the sacrifice, right, just as the lion did, for our guilt. That's what covers our sin. That's how he's defeated, but it's not over. Right? Because we're not in heaven yet. Eternity hasn't come yet. Because although Satan was cast out from heaven, he's still in the world attacking us. But this is what's so important in this verse that I want to share with us this morning. When you testify, you defeat the enemy, it says. When you tell your story, you defeat the enemy. The Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And the testimony of the acts of God are operating out of the Word of God. And then when we testify how we have acted according to God's word, people hear it and they say, you know what, that could happen for me too. Right, church, this is why we're storytellers. This is why you need to tell your story. This is why I want us as a church to get better at telling our stories. Because when we hear somebody else's testimony of what God done in their life, that God said something in the Bible and they said, you know what, I actually believe that that's true what God said. And then they believe it and they walk in faith in their life. And they say, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cheat over here. I'm not going to lie over here. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to step out of faith over here and trust and do this that God said. And when we hear those kind of stories, they inspire faith in us. I was reading Psalm 121 this morning. It says, I lift my eyes up to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore it's great. It's encouraging when I read those words. You know what's more encouraging? When I hear those words, and then I hear somebody who trusted God in faith, and in their story, their story is about how God kept them. And then the word becomes, becomes real for us. It becomes a testimony. And as Revelation says, that testimony is what actually defeats the enemy. When, When he starts to, the work starts to rise up in our lives or we start to doubt, right? Because he's the accuser. He starts to sow doubt and confusion and so many things. What defeats that in our life, what defeats that in other people's life, in our church, in our community, in our family is the testimony of God, the truth of God, his words of God from the Bible that became real in other people's lives because they are real, he's active. And that speaks into our life. It raises our faith. We hear the testimony and think that could happen We have a breakthrough in our faith in our life because we get faith from what God did in somebody else's life. When you tell your story, and then that person gets a breakthrough in their life because we believe, you know what? Something similar could happen for us if if God did it for them, He could do it for us. So I want to encourage us as a church: let us know the victories God is winning on your behalf. Tell people, tell us, so that we can have increased faith. That's how our faith grows. We can have an increased testimony. We want to hear those stories, and this is part of our role as the people of God, right? Because my life is not my own, it's God's, and when we start to believe that and live it out, right, we don't care what the enemy says, we don't care what people say or think, we only care about what God thinks in our life, and the testimony of God is what inspires that increased faith in our life, and so we're going to practice this now. You might not have known that you were going to get into this when you came to church this morning. Um, but we're gonna practice this this morning not I want to encourage us I want to encourage you think about a story of what God has done in your life ideally in the last few days weeks maybe a few months but go back further if you need to that's okay doesn't need to be your salvation story but what's a story of where you saw God in your life or maybe you don't even know but you're like I think this might have been God this might have been him working in my life I don't know I would like it to be but I'm not sure or this is where I, I was searching for God and I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find Him. Even if you don't believe in Jesus and you're here this morning, where's a place where you might have glimpsed God in your life? Maybe you're not sure, that's okay. Maybe you're, just, you're still seeking, you're still looking. But where might you have glimpsed God in your life? A time where He provided when you needed it, when you had faith and it worked out, when you trusted God and not just try to do, do what was best in your own mind or what, what somebody else told you to do, but you trusted God in faith. One of those kinds of stories this morning. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. Even you know, for me, I'll just share to get us started this morning. Um, But you know, last week and the week before, I had two different pastors reach out to me to just want to check in and pray for me. And I got invited to go hang out um, with some other pastors and just get poured into. They're like, you know what, you're you're a church planner. I care about you. Care about what God's doing. And it was to me just a sign that God's like, you're not alone. I've got you and care for you. It's as simple as that, right? But that story of, you know what, I'm reminded because there's been other times where it seems like I'm alone. It seems like, are there any other, you know, I've got our church and I love you guys, but is our church like just our church on an island or are we part of God's bigger church and community, right? And sometimes it feels like, oh, we're just doing this on our own and that's not our heart. We want to be doing it in community, but it feels that way. And then in the middle of that, I can doubt. But sometimes it's hearing a story like that of, You know, maybe you feel alone this morning. You're like, ah, is God really there? Like, I feel like life is so difficult right now, and I feel alone. Does any, am I alone? Maybe my story can encourage you this morning that God's got you. He's with you. Maybe you you haven't seen it yet. Maybe the invite hasn't arrived yet. Maybe the encouragement hasn't come yet. But don't give up faith now because God's got it. It's coming. He did it for me. He's going to do it for you as well. So I want to encourage us. I want to include the kids in this. Obviously, if they're really little, you might not be able to do this. Um, But I want to encourage you this morning. We're here. We're outside. There's, you know, move around. I want to encourage you. Connect with like two, three, four people max, just small little groups. And I want to encourage us to tell the story of what God's done in our life. In those groups, I don't want you to be with your family, unless it's your kids. Bring your kid with you into that group, please. Please. Um, but otherwise, you know, I'm not going to go with Ali. I'm going to find somebody else. I'm not going to go with my, my dad or my mom. I'm going to find somebody else because I get to hear their stories all the time. I live it, right? <laughs> I hear their stories too much. No, just kidding. Um, but find somebody that's not your family. Maybe it's somebody you haven't met before. Maybe it's somebody new. Maybe it is somebody you know. But I want to encourage you. It doesn't have to be something crazy. You know, some, if it is, great. If you, if you got a miracle story, share that story. But what has God done? Where have you seen him? Maybe you're not sure. Where, where might you have seen him? Or where are you searching for God? What have he done? And I, and I want that. I think that's going to help us encourage as we see God working in other people's life. It'll encourage for our life where we're at. So ask the kids. That's why I want you. If you've got older kids, ask them. Don't, don't let them get off the hook. Maybe they only got a one or two sentence story. That's okay. But sometimes kids have the best stories of faith because they don't worry about anything. Right? <laughs> They, they are like the faith warriors of like, I, I'm not embarrassed. I don't care yet. I'm not old enough to know that. So include the kids. What are their stories? What are your stories? So go ahead. You can move around. You can stand up. You can sit down. You can move your chairs. Find two, three, four people. We're going to take a few minutes and just tell some stories. Where's God been moving? Where's God been moving? Let's do it, church.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Tacoa Church podcast I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you. If you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community, fill out the TACOA card on our connect page, tacoachurch.org/ connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to TACOA. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurchorg slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.